Ground ball to Glaber Torres, and that'll do it. A no-hitter for Corey Kluber on a Wednesday night in Texas. Kluber becomes part of forever. But Krejci had the puck by the goal line, wanted a call. Smith grabs the puck and scores! Minus three with Dave Damashek. Oh, it's a meaningful time on the sports calendar. Let's get into it. Hi and hello and welcome to the newest episode of Minus Three presented as always by FanDuel Sportsbook. Tune in all season long for exclusive offers and odds boosts. FanDuel, more ways to win. And so long as you're making the bet, go all the way. Go the distance. FanDuel.com slash minus three. The word minus the number three is how you do that. I hope you're not listening to your old pal Dave, though. No jive. You know, like Jerry Orbach says, when I'm wrong, I say I'm wrong. And I've been wrong a lot lately. You may want to listen to Kevin Hench and Daddy Spaghetti more than my advice. Either way, follow along for all the fun. At minus three pod. Yes, like I say, uh, Wednesday was a big night in sports as we approach the weekend now that figures to be just as juicy, if not more so. How say you, Hench? How you feeling, man? You've got to be on cloud nine. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. You know, Brian Hoyer, I mean, congratulations. Uh, uh, listen, if if you want to experience the sensation of watching a family pet run across eight lanes of freeway traffic, just watch playoff hockey that you care about. Like, I, it's not fun. It is not a fun time to watch hours and hours of any at any moment you could lose this game. Um with the hated capitals in town uh obviously it turned out great last night but i'm like you know it, it is it's more relief than joy that's it, exactly it, like, what i say it's crazy how your body feels at the end of watching <laughs> overtime hockey like i don't know if i have another shift in me what have you been doing watching watching and i do stand a lot i don't know about you but i like i stand like, what am I doing? I'm pumping my legs in my living room to try to help the forecheck. It's it insane. Is, yeah, we have a no-hitter in baseball from the New York Yankees, and people barely bat an eye about that. Of course, over on the West Coast, LeBron and Steph have a great duel. We keep our eyes on all things Northeast, so we'll get into all of that stuff. But I'm with you, Hench. I know people are excited about the play-in stuff that we've seen so far in the NBA. Um, I think there are advocates and and detractors of the wild card era of Major League Baseball. I'm, by the way, thumbs down on that. The NFL playoffs are always great. Upsets abound. But there's just nothing like playoff hockey. And people think, I think because we we like to be wiseacres, people maybe take it like like we're half kidding. Here's no jive for you, everybody. I, I, my, my, spirit wants it i I want the penguins to make a deep playoff run i don't know if i got the legs for it anymore i think the game maybe passed me by i i don't got what it takes for a deep playoff i can't take it you know i've only been to overtime once now you've been through it three times i can't my my heart goes out to you because you've lost your poor little girls there their uh their their nice dad and everything you know at least 15 years have been taken off your life now they're not going to get to know you when they're adults because you're going to have left the big blue marble by then 
And, and, and when you live on the West Coast and root for East Coast teams, one of the blessings is you can kind of get away with murder because obviously you could give a shit about your kids for those two and a half hours that it's supposed to take for the hockey game to conclude. And then you can show up at dinner like a hero and like, how, how were your day? How was your day, sweetie? But fucking when you go into overtime every game, it's like, I'll, I'll be right out. Um, Make me a plate. I don't care if Gigi's crying. Wait, so your house is similar. Your house is similar to mine. There's I'm a lot busy. of like, you're not, you can't take time to sit down for dinner with, with your, with, with, uh, with me and your two children here. You can't sit down for a, a dinner for us. And I, and I, I guess I should feel worse about saying, no, I don't feel, I, no, I can't do that right now. There's a hockey game on. Yeah. It's, 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 uh, it's a it's a grind. If Marshawn Is would it? stop taking stupid penalties, I could have dinner <laughs> with my family. But as it stands, we got to give up a power play goal every game because he thinks it's hilarious to rest his stick on the guy's shoulder. Like, Where to go here? We have, we have a lot to talk about. NBA playoffs. We have baseball in full swing now. I say Brian Hoyer to the Patriots. This is massive news for anybody because I think we can do the math that this means Jared Stidham's going to be out on the market. And a lot of Patriots insiders were telling us they, they, they spent their credibility to convince us, don't worry, Patriots Nation, Jared Stidham is the second coming of Tom Brady. And uh, I assume that this is good news for the Packers or for the Steelers or anyone else who's about to go on the search for a replacement for their Hall of Fame QB who's uh, about to retire. But with these playoffs, I I don't know exactly how to couch this uh, spaghetti. Jump in as well. The, The people always throw out, there's nothing like, there's nothing better than playoff hockey. And I could, we can debate that. But one thing that's for sure is, the, the 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 difference between the gap between regular season hockey and playoff hockey is the greatest in any sport. Fair? Yeah, one thing that always amazes me about the NFL in a in a good way is like even when teams should really be trying to lose, there's something about football like you will get injured if you're not playing your hardest at all times. So you watch those games at the end of the season uh and you're like, "Wow, the Jags are trying." They're trying, you know, like it's impressive, but like the visual gap between a meaningless regular season game in football and then a playoff game that really matters, everyone's still going full speed. There, there's something about hockey where you're like, oh, we can't have any odd man rushes. We can't allow a single odd man rush for this entire game. So everybody is back checking. Everybody, nobody's taking a shift off. And that intensity, you're like, oh, this is what it looks like when any goal could be fatal. And and so, I mean, yeah, it produces low-scoring, tight games, but the knife's edge that the game is played on uh, is incredible and not, as as you point out, not good for our health. I mean, for real. And and the, as you mentioned, the physicality of it isn't good for the health of the skill guys because 
one consistent thing is those guys get the crap kicked out of them. And I've allowed myself as a Penguins fan to kind of forget about that. I did say in the late regular season kind of sell off from the Sabres and otherwise that there were some big boys, some guys on the blue line that the Sabres were, it seemed at least willing to part with. And I thought maybe the pen should go out there and get one. I said, ah, nah, listen, you can't mess with what they're doing. The chemistry is just right. They're going to win the toughest division in the sport. But I'll tell you at the time of this recording, two games in, I have my legitimate doubts about how far they can go given the fact that every team beats the crap out of everybody the, the i'm not saying the penguins are soft they're not equipped to push back physically at really anybody left in the tournament um so i have my concerns with that the other thing that jumps out is and i encourage everybody to watch other games besides your teams in these playoffs because you can get <laughs> you can get um, cross with the guys who are trying to win for your team. You're like, what are you doing? You talk, everyone's back checking, everyone's uh, working their hardest there, but you can't help but feel let down by a defenseman because there's a two on one rush. Watch other games. That's what I think makes it so fascinating is that the stakes have obviously gone up significantly in hockey, but there is always going to be. So there are always going to be opportunities for the other team to score against you. And there's just no way around it. You know, there is no like, I mean, I know the neutral zone trap. If you watched Winnipeg and Edmonton, they really squeezed Connor McDavid and company. They squeezed the life out of them. And that neutral zone trap can have that effect, but you're still going to get some chances over the course of a game. If you have a stud pitcher out on the hump, you can just throw zeros for nine innings and that's the end of it. There is, or, by the nature of the game, there are always, the, every 17 seconds, there's going to be a rush in the wrong direction for you where you have to hold your breath. And that's no way to spend three hours of your life or worse, yeah, double yeah. or triple overtime. Like, oh my God, here he comes. Oh, the, oh, okay, it's over. Okay, it's over. Now it's our turn. Now it's, come on. It's, oh, we, here they come again. They're going to try. It's, 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 it's exhausting emotionally. Four, you're four seconds at most. Like, you've got the puck buried in the corner of the attacking zone. You're like, okay, I can breathe. I can get my lungs full of air. Oh, God, it's going the other way. It's <laughs> it's on. Rask! Oh, God! Like, it's, yeah, it's... And then it's like, it should only right. be 60 minutes of that. But, of course, it's going to... It could be 80, 90, you know, however many overtimes you play. And it accumulates. Uh, it's funny, uh, you mentioned if you have a stud pitcher on the mound, you can, you can shut down the other... Or if you have a stiff on the mound uh, who's 9-25 career, he might also pitch a no-hitter because baseball now, the three true <laughs> outcomes of home run, strikeout, and walk, if you don't hit a home run, single, double, and triple are not outcomes. So, hey, we didn't ho hit a home run last night. What happened? We got no hit. Uh, it, I, we're going to get to a... We're going to get to a point where the catcher doesn't even run out to the mound after a no-hitter. He just walks to the dugout. <laughs> Guys jog off after a no-hitter. Just gives a thumbs up at the end of it. He, he'll roll the ball out at the hump and go, thumbs up, you did it. Thumbs up, Another yeah. one the for pitcher, you. The pitcher falls to his knees, David Cohn style, <laughs> and everyone else just jogs off. Like, someone's going to tell him that's... Is anyone going to tell him that's the fourth <laughs> no-hitter this week? Is anyone going to let him know that it's no big deal? Listen, such a the, bummer. It's such a bummer. I I know America's pastime, and I and I know people like to uh, wax prosaic about the meaning of baseball in uh, in American history and everything else. But I mean, let's just move the whole thing up to Mount Pius already. We're long overdue. Tony Larusa with his jive. I th I thought that was 
I mean, hard to defend uh, unless you're one of the old weirdos who abides by uh, by the unwritten laws of baseball, which are stupid and have marginalized the sport. Congratulations on cutting your nose despite your uh, your cool faces there, baseball fans. Um, but yes, the, reducing the game to every everything being every batter versus pitcher matchup essentially boiling down to a Roy Hobbs equation is not satisfying. Yes, it was great for the two hours of that movie that he either hit a home run or struck out and nothing in between. But it's not good when <laughs> 27 matchups meet the exact same fate that you just described there. Tony La Russa sounds like uh, the ghost of Adolf Rupp. Going like, what happened to my beautiful game? Where, where are all the bounce passes? <laughs> like, uh, yeah, it's a lot better now, old man. Hey, old man, why don't you just have a few belts, kick back, we'll call you an Uber, just relax and enjoy the game. Even the stodgy NFL went, oh, way better for everybody if these guys do a buzzly busby berkeley musical celebration in the end zone after a touchdown like if they have a fucking fully choreographed everybody likes it everybody likes it hey if there's a guy throwing 45 miles an hour feel free it's become a beer beer league softball game feel free to whack it as far as you want like it's 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 funny that he's that out of touch and hasn't really been following baseball apparently during his his uh, hiatus uh but like that nobody it goes, oh man, you're you're on an island. You're completely alone. Uh, uh, everybody likes this. And as, as right. people pointed out, everyone's pointed out, like when you're in arbitration, when you're re when you're renegotiating your contract, when you're on the market, they they don't separate out uh, home runs where your manager thought you were a douchebag. That those don't count. Yes, this is a reality that I try to point to periodically that you think like, what's the difference if the team's winning, the team's winning. I asked Steve Smith, does he ever ask, I want the, the, the great wide receiver uh, should be Hall of Fame bound. Hopefully um, the voters know what they're doing and make that a reality. But I asked him, once, hey, when Edelman gets in, Steve Smith can get it. <laughs> first things first. Well, uh, Edelman has to reverse course obviously and signed to go join his pals brady and gronk and everybody else right that 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 is coming in the next i don't know two to five months but especially once antonio brown is uh shown the door fully then they're going to need someone to replace him um yeah the i i, I talked to i said isn't that nice for like D'Angelo Williams and Jonathan Stewart that the quarterback is taking the beating at the goal line they're like no he said no they're He's taking their touchdowns. And I said, what's the difference? As long as you get the touchdown, who cares? And he said, matters when they sit down with you to get your contract done. Like, well, you didn't get it. You didn't uh, score very many touchdowns. So, yeah, because the QB kept taking it over the top. Yes, it does matter. And that Tony La Russa in the 21st century isn't woke enough about what the players need and want to make as much money as possible is disgraceful. Um, but like I say, move the whole thing to Mount Pius where, where it belongs there. Um, so, flawless human beings like tony Larusa can look down and condescend about uh we human beings um what did you make though of because i thought initially i thought this is completely unlikable from alex ovechkin who by the way wears the c for his washington capitals as in the captain as in the leader of the rest of the men in that dressing room and upon the overtime winner i guess in russian 
First of all, he breaks his stick over the over the boards. Okay, and That's then fine. he. Then he rips loudly, apparently in Russian, Samsonov for letting the goal in. Now, it wasn't a great goal, although I'm not positive it was on the net mind or so much as it was Schultz, uh, the defenseman, who took a weird angle at the puck. Um, but uh, either way, Ovechkin shouting down his teammates in uh, in public view, I thought, this is unlikable behavior, indefensible. And then I remembered, wait, that's what Kevin Hench always does on the blue topper, used to do to me all the time when I would miss a, a shot with uh, a, at game point. You would shout at me like that in front of adults who who were presumably our mutual friends. And, and so you embarrassed me in front of those friends. How say you, Hench? How did you feel about both of those? Well, you are always more Schultz in this analogy, more clearly mm. at fault. I mm. think if he'd been yelling at Schultz, the, the problem with him, yeah, look, it made you stronger. It made you a better man. Relax. Uh, so the problem is, who's the most psychologically fragile person on the ice at all times? It's your fucking goalie. Your goalie, if your goalie cracks... You're done. The guy played out of his mind. He he made arguably a perfectly fine play. If you I've watched it so many times, of course. Schultz does this weird wiggle. Like Schultz does not go in a line segment to the puck, where in which case he clearly would have won that race. Um, he does a like a Oh, well, because he thought what well, he thought he because he because he, he thought uh, the the puck was going to be moved into the corner and around right. the, the board. So he sort That's of he, de- well, yeah, he detours and then Samsonov crosses him up. But as captain, uh, unless I who knows, maybe he was yelling in Russian. You had a great game. Don't let it get into your head. You're going to be awesome in game four. Come on, buddy. Like I, we don't, he looked pissed, but maybe he was trying to buck him up because. Clearly, and 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 this is two consecutive topics that could dovetail into our picks for me. If we could get into our picks. Them. We'll get to I them, never friend. Know, I never know when uh, when you're going to jump me with we should do our picks. I thought it was supposed to be at the top of the show. We'll but get into them. Don't okay. worry about no, it. I'll you're oversee. A, you're a fucking, you're a bang-up producer. Like, if you produced uh, part I'm not the producer. If you part, if you produce part in the inter- interruption, the fucking topic that is on the screen would never be being discussed. It, you know, it, it would it would say NHL overtime hockey that that Wilbon and Kornheiser are supposed to be discussing, and you'd be talking about Brian Hoyer, and the viewer would be like, "We got, we, we got to get." I'm going to get for Christmas, I'm going to get Hench uh, uh, learn Russian easily so he can go hang out with the spirit animal Ovechkin and, and disparage I got no problem with that. I got no problem with that. All of his colleagues. Although I prefer the bread man in terms of the Navalny-Putin divide. I'm more in the Panarin camp. Uh, it's weird we don't uh, talk more about that as a reason to, <laughs> to dislike Ovechkin. That uh, that uh, that that's uh, that that's I think accepted fact now. Um, all right, you want to get into your precious picks then, Hank? Anyway, Let's get so, into them. so uh, uh, to that point about Ovechkin presumably doing his best to psychologically destroy his own goal. I'm interrupting in- you. I'm interrupting you for a second. To, to finish the point that you started there on the goaltender in the NHL. I identified for Sal on extra points earlier this week. 
different positions. I have the Jenga theory that is like if you take that piece out of the Jenga puzzle, um, the whole thing will implode. It's kind of like I used to say that about Gronk until they won the Super Bowl without Gronk in New England. I used to say, you take Gronk out of that mix. I don't think that this team can go that deep in the postseason. Um, it's not the best player on the team. It's the guy who, if you remove him, though, I think in sports, goalie, baseball closer, and place kicker are the three that hit differently and feel like a, a spiritual betrayal to the rest of the team when they let you down. Like, how do you press on if your goalie sucks? Like, ah, we scored a goal. So what? There's nothing we can do. This guy's going to let in a softie. And I think that that depresses your chances of success. I think those are the three positions that if you don't have at least mediocrity in that spot, you're doomed because the rest of the team will never be able to buy in knowing that that's uh, that that fate, him missing a kick or letting in a soft goal or uh, or loading up the bases and allowing three runs in the bottom of the ninth, that's ultimately going to happen anyway, and therefore we can't succeed as a, a team, right? Is that the – those are the big three? Well, and and he – you Craig Anderson, like you you split – in your goalie crisis in Washington, you, you split, and now you got a, a – guy who played very well who presumably could carry you and so Ovechkin's like going let's make sure he's thinking about every softy from the blue line <laughs> let's make sure he's trembling with fear of getting yelled at by the Russian machine with that in mind okay now this is I'd like this, to say this I want to provide a counter because you you did the lip reading in Russian I would like to think that Ovechkin was saying like Crosby has three cups, and I only have one, and that one only counts a half because we beat an expansion team, Vegas, to win that cup, and you're depriving me of another chance, and my legacy is now being etched further and deeper into the stone that while a great player, I don't succeed come springtime, and that makes me unhappy, country man. Go. Man. Game yeah. four. He's rattling off mediocre goalies <laughs> in Penguins history. <laughs> like uh, Matt so, Murray okay. won two cups. Matt, Matt Crosby not, won cups with Matt Murray. And, and, and I can't go to the Hall of you. Fame. It's all in Russian. Uh, the only word you can understand is Matt Murray. Uh, okay. So, all right. Best so bet. Let's a, go. This is a crazy, this is a crazy best bet. But all right. 12 consecutive Bruins Capitals playoff games decided by a goal. Game four, Friday, Bruins minus one and a half. To, this is going to end, and, and, and it, it's not even going to require the empty netter, that what you saw uh, with Ovechkin yelling at the goalie, and, and the Capitals, I thought, pl played really well, and... and like you're saying with the closer and the place kicker and the goalie, it's it's not just that the goalie might be up in his head, that that your legs get sapped if you're if you're grinding, and then a fuck up happens uh, like that. So I think the Capitals get get beat by more than a goal on Friday. That's number one lock. And you'll get more, you'll get more return, obviously, than if you just do the standard. I don't know why the Bruins have been so favored in every one of these games when, when they're obvious, it's a coin flip and the Capitals are pinging posts in the third period. They hit two posts in the third period or, or, or that thing, or, you know, or I get to have dinner with my family. 
had they buried either of those. But uh, and then speaking of the speaking of no hitters in the Yankees, uh, Carlos Rodon coming to the Bronx uh, with the White Sox and his and his woke manager Tony Larusa. A, it, and and you're going to get a nice price on this because everyone suddenly Carlos Rodon is Sandy Koufax. No, he's not. I I had him in rotisserie baseball. I don't know what the fuck this mirage is, but you're going to get a nice price on the Yankees uh, with uh, Montgomery on the hill against Rodon this weekend, and the Yankees are going to bludgeon that guy because he's not that good. He's you know he's five and one with like a one point four seven ERA. That's not who he is. So that ERA has to regress to the mean, and that starts this weekend in the Bronx. Uh, so that's that's for you, Spaghetti. On the downside for you, uh, I I think the Knicks feel like they did it. We did it. We we made it. And I like the Hawks in game one, and I like the Hawks in the series. Ooh. I you know, I this is something and it's one of those um whatever you choose to believe going into a series. I I, I go back and forth with that emotional state of a team. Uh, you know, it's the opposite of the curse of supposed to like if you're supposed to win, that's a lot of weight to add to your shoulders as you're playing already meaningful games. I get it, but we've seen it so many times now when you are liberated from any expectation, you play with a devil may care attitude and maybe you get down a, a couple of games. You're like, ah, great season, everybody. See ya. See ya when it's time to get, uh, get back in shape. Or does it allow you to play free and easy and uh, and therefore without any expectation that you have the edge over that team, right? I mean, that, I not that that exists, I guess, with the Hawks and Knickerbockers because I but think But can't you see, I mean, can't you see that this scenario playing out? Like, it feels preordained. Like, the fans are coming back. I heard we're good. I've heard we're, I heard we're excellent. And then it'll be like, the fans come in and then it's like, oh, this looks familiar. We lost to the Hawks. Yeah, but here, here's also the thing, and definitely this checks out if you can do the research on this. Whereas things almost always go the NFL's way. They they back into success a lot of times with matchups and, you know, postseason matchups um, and Super Bowls and, oh, what a great one that's going to be. The opposite is true for the NHL. Whatever's best for the NHL in terms of profile and sellability and attracting more fans, you know the opposite's going to happen. You know that I'm still raw about 1993, that if you would have had Lemieux's Penguins survive the Islanders and their garbage brand of hockey to then play the Blue Blanc Rouge up in Montreal, the homeland, and then Gretzky Lemieux. That would have been best for hockey. It never had a chance of happening. Um, the, the NBA is interesting in that regard. Um, which one's going to happen? But if you could get by hook or by crook, Celts, I mean, uh, get uh, Knickerbockers v. Nets, it sets up a fascinating proposition because we talked to Nick Costas earlier in the week, a, a, a guy who, um, you know, abides by the rules of the five boroughs, as does our own Eddie Spaghetti here. And it's fascinating. Nobody in the five boroughs cares about the Nets. So that, that alone is the reason that we have to root for that. Isn't that the most compelling matchup is the team that everybody wants to win playing the team that nobody cares about and is probably going to end up winning the whole thing anyway. But I love I love that match. Those two yeah. those two teams can't intersect, right? Spaghetti. I mean, how how would that? What would have to happen? 
The the Knicks, if they win this series versus the Hawks, their matchup next would be the 76ers. Yeah. So, right. so it's a so long way be, to go to get It would be the ECF, be, which I don't it's think gonna it's going to be happen. chalk. It's going to be super chalky in the East. NBA is. NBA, which well, is NBA another, is. Uh, another freebie uh, for the fans. If that net Celtics number stays at seven and a half, there's no way that's not a 15 point blowout. I, that, the Celtics you, you were just bad took one of mine. With, the Celtics were bad with Jalen Brown. He's in a cast. Good luck. I know. Well, but can't, you, can't, you, can't you come down from uh, uh, Cynical Hill for a minute and enjoy what Tatum uh, did the other night? That was something. Can't you well, get excited for a minute? It, it is weird to watch a guy go um, uh, dribble, 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 isolate, dribble, 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 contested fadeaway splash all night like you're like he's not getting i mean these are not what you would call good shots and he's making all of them so that as opposed to like playing with kevin hench as yeah uh very it is similar he doesn't have my ups but he'll get there um the uh as opposed to harden Kyrie, and durant where it's just this crazy flurry that results in a good shot every time, as opposed to the hero ball of, and I know it's all just screen roll. Now you come set a screen and then I'll get the switch I want, um, which I'm kind of surprised you don't see more zone that you don't, you know, cause I feel like when a team throws the zone at, at a team, they have like, they're like at least three possessions where that team's kind of freaked out a little bit. Uh, but, but, you know, now it's all just like, well, who do we want guarding Harden at the end of the shot clock? Well, that's, who's going to be guarding him. Well, but, but the downside to that in, in, uh, elementary basketball, um, uh, strategizing the, the downside of going zone in the NBA is that you'd get annihilated by the perimeter shooters in the 21st century, right? Well, it, it does feel like that, except for every once in a while, you have one of those rockets 0 for 27. I don't know. Like you just have those weird nights where it's like, um, we're not going to beat these guys straight up. Let's throw a gimmick defense at them and just see if it's one of those nights where they can't throw the ball in the ocean, uh, where they just, you know, they seem to get tighter and tighter on the 25 footers. Uh, I mean, now you've, everyone's got so many guys that can shoot, uh, you know, Joe Harris is, is not going over nine. I like best when they were uh chase when, when it was floated that they were looking for JJ Redick, which is exactly what I, everybody was talking about. If you could just get the nets, a perimeter shooter, they'd really be cooking. Uh, I'm with you though, by the way, I think the nets lay waste to yourselves there. I'm seeing it at minus eight. Um, and, uh, I'll, I'll take that and I'll take the over. If there was ever a playoff game to enjoy betting the over on, take the over there, 228 and you get it at, uh, at plus or I'm sorry, at minus 108. So I'm with you on the Nets winning game one. And I'm also going to say, take the over there. I'm going to go against you. Maybe it's, um, um, empathizing with our friend spaghetti there, but I'm going to take the Knickerbockers, um, minus the one, um, and, uh, I, I, you know what? I'll leave it there because these hockey ones are difficult to project beyond what's about to happen tonight. Although I do, I do like the Bruins bet too. Too much agreement here, Spaghetti. Shake it up a little bit. How say you? 
Well, I uh, I do agree with you, but I do disagree with Hench here. And I know we've given out some you know pretty good bets that have worked out in our favor. I mean, we were riding the Sabers one for quite a stretch. I given out you know a Judge home run pick, and I somehow got the right Kentucky Derby pick. I think out of all those, the bets I'm about to give for these Knicks Hawks series, I think are the easiest ones to to do. So right now, you got to run over oh. to slash minus three right off the bat. Knicks to win the series minus one hundred five. I mean, they were three and zero versus the Hawks this uh, this season. I love them in this series as for the game sunday right now it's the Knicks minus one i mean the Knicks are home they're gonna be fans there like you, you gotta go with this and the third bet and i'll give some reasons why i love this one it's a julius randall 30 point game and the Knicks to win that's a plus 330 right now and julius randall i have his stats from the three games he's played the hawks this year 40 points 44 points 28 points clint capella is not gonna be able to defend him i'm sorry uh and the reason why i, I really love the Knicks in this series and something tom thibodeau has said is they're gonna pr- play frank tillikeen a little bit more than they have in the regular season because he's a a long lanky perimeter guard that can guard trey young trey trey young first the Knicks, second worst shooting percentage uh out of any teams he He's faced uh, at least three times this year. So Trey Young has troubles. He has super fits with uh, the Knicks perimeter guarding. And, uh, you know, again, 3-0 versus team, they can stop Randall. The Knicks are going to be juiced up. Tibbs preaches defense. He he. The reason why he got ran out of Minnesota and Chicago, well, also because of Derrick Rose's injury, was because he presses guys and he keeps he keeps his foot on the gas. Like, they're not going to they're not gonna see all, like, the fans and be like, oh, we're we, we here, we made it. Like, he's going to be pressing them hard to win the series because they know the next one's going to be very, very tough versus Philly. So I love, 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 love the Knicks in this series. Bet the Knicks to win Sunday. Bet the Knicks to win this series. And take that Randall 30 points plus the Knicks win on Sunday. Those are my three bets for this week. I like if it very much. And and I, go ahead. If, if you were 3-0 and against a team with no fans, like wouldn't you go like, hey, uh, we're going to just keep the no fans thing going? So, sorry, fans. I know it's been lifted and you can come, but we really match up well with this team with no fans. When well, Spike we talk Lee's- about that. The mean fans. Boston has some of them. Not as mean-spirited, though. Although, Hench, I mean, not uh, barely able to really enjoy Jason Tatum's great performance in a big spot the other night. Um, well, I know what's but, coming. What, I know well, because what's coming. You like, it, right, I know. But... And, and that's fair. And you were dealt a bad hand by the the sports gods that you endured in an entire regular season. And then one of your two good guys goes out right before the playoffs. That stinks. That's bad for the fans. I feel bad I for anybody who devoted sh- all those hours. I still would have lost anyway. His, I, I still say he shut his own hand in a car door to not have to play with <laughs> these guys anymore. <laughs> He's the guy from uh, the lead singer of In Living Color who stabs himself at the end of Platoon, <laughs> platoon in the Lake. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I do want to get to something we talked about with, uh, with our, our region of Sports America here and the prospects for the next uh, half decade and which uh, sports towns fans are going to enjoy the most success upcoming here. But in the, in the short term... Do you see any team, if you're keeping your eye on, I mean, there's a lot to be watching right now, obviously, in sports, but if you're watching more than just your team in the NHL playoffs, and I know certainly, Spaghetti, you're watching all of them, do either one of you guys see any of the four teams in the East Division, the best division in in hockey this year, do you rightly, can you make a case that whoever comes out of the East has a legit shot at the Cup, given what the Avs look like, given what the Lightning look like, I mean, they're going to get tested themselves, obviously, by the Canes, but I think that the Lightning will survive that. Just even with those two teams, I'm not that worried about the Canadian teams. I did say before the series started, Winnipeg, 
to my uh, to my earlier point about hey the team that squeezes the high talent guy in the NHL allows that to happen um good for you NHL well done Connor McDavid will play uh, about five or six postseason games this year and uh, the mighty Winnipeg Jets will advance to round two but do you see either any of the four East Division teams capable of going all the way here Hench I start with you uh well the winner of the Mass Mutual will be an un- if it's the Lightning, will be an underdog in that series. If they get through the Kucherov Stamkos, I mean, like, it's crazy that the Lightning <laughs> added an MVP and a Hall of Famer to their roster for the playoffs. The, 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 the winner of the Mass Mutual will be underdog there. And, I mean, I don't know how many shifts you've watched of the Avalanche, but, like, uh, presumably they'll be if they're there in the finals you you'll have an underdog you'll be underdogs in both those series um so i think i mean they may now have they may now have i know there's a lot of uh punch up front and everything but it's a complete team and i've been watching them all year and kale mccarr is is just he is one of those must-have items in the last few years if you want to go deep in the nhl playoffs and win a cup you have to have a defenseman who can move like that who can skate like that and can produce in the offensive end and mccarr might be the best one going in in, uh, under those terms in the league right well, now. So it's not, they also have so, that yeah. level of level of dominance where it's like, we're going to have periods where we have more goals than you have shots. And then you're <laughs> like, okay, well, I guess we can't even get lucky. I guess we get, but so to, to your question, uh, obviously you'd get better odds on this than on any of the four teams playing. But if I had to bet on the next team from the mass mutual to win the cup, I would bet on the Rangers that I, I think that Ooh. they they are the most legitimate contender. <laughs> They're not in the playoffs. I'll be living and dying with my Bruins, but I, I don't I don't see uh, 16 wins. Maybe after Friday night, if what you have forecasted comes to pass, the 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 worm will turn a little bit here. Styles make the matchups as they say. I suspect that the Pittsburgh Penguins would be able to handle the Washington Capitals. For whatever reason, the Bruins, I don't know if they're too similar in in, in their physical, uh, um, you know, coming off the bus. They're both big. Uh, they're both big boy teams, and both are inclined to bang. And the the Bruins don't back down from what the Caps are trying, how the Caps are trying to to win games there. But I think that the Bruins are going to separate. I'm with you. They'll separate from the Caps by game four, and it'll become clear that the Bruins are going to win that series. And from there, I think we will start to get back to where everybody was before the season started, that the Bruins are one of the three best teams in the NHL. And Taylor Hall has been the finishing piece that they needed. And don't sleep on uh, on Carlo either. His return after basically the whole season away has been massive against a big boy team like the Capitals have out there. I think the Bruins are the class of the East. And it's not it's not insane to think that they might end up um going all the way spaghetti how say you yeah not to be boring but i'm gonna go with the same team i mean the bruins you know i've been on them uh for quite a while since our 
uh, extra points wide draft. And when you just look at their roster, they have a goal who's been there, done that. So you trust him. You know, we always talk about before how the goalie is kind of the the weird, you know, oddity of the team. And is if you're mentally right, I think Tuca is. Uh, and you have a, a roster full of you have young talent, but you have very high end talent. You have three guys who you could pretty much say they could be in the Hart Memorial Trophy, uh, you know, run any year with Pasternak, Marchand, and, and Taylor Hall. Now you have Patrice Bergeron, who's probably the best two way forward the league has seen in quite some time. And then you have like a defensive group. Like I said, they're young. There are some of them are offensive minded, but they get the job done. And they're just a deep team. A lot of like guys in the bottom, the bottom six that you really like, and they just know how to. They skate hard. They forecheck the back check. Like they're a well coached team. I think they're you know a legitimate candidate to win the cup this year. So I would not be shocked if they do. And I think the one weird part of this season with teams like the you know Vegas or Colorado, who I probably in my head are the two next best teams uh i would throw carolina in there i'll actually like carolina a little bit more maybe than the lightning but they haven't seen the bruins like they haven't seen the you know each other play yet so that's gonna be really interesting you know it might be a weird series like you you know we're seeing this team colorado is like steamroll but they have not played boston they haven't played tampa they haven't played exactly right so we, we we don't really know but so when i look at this bruins you know i i trust you know, from top to bottom, I trust them as a, as a team. They're a really complete team, not to say the other ones aren't, but I, I wouldn't shock me. It would not shock me in the least. I, I like I, the Bruins squad. I mean, I said it before the season started, so I'm self-validating here, but it really did set up. For the people who have not enjoyed this NHL season, like Cousin Sal, as a for instance, he says, too much. It's the same team just playing each other over and over again. What this has yielded is uh, – is, um, a sort of college football conference vibe to it. I don't know. Like when we were growing up, Pench, it was like, boy, Nebraska and Oklahoma have to play to settle the big eight. And boy, they both run that wishbone at each other and just grind each other into the ground. Like, how's that going to line up against uh, against the high flying canes from Florida? Like, I don't know. Until we see, and the three yards in a cloud of dust going on up in the Big Ten. Who's going to win out in those, Matt? We don't know. We haven't seen them yet. That's why baseball, in this old curmudgeon's opinion, I know it's neat to get to see the biggest stars in the game come through your town, no matter what uh, baseball town it is. But I always enjoyed the mystique of the World Series being the only time you ever saw two teams. I, I mean, my earliest sports memories are the Dodgers in their road grays in Yankee Stadium against the pinstripe and even as a little kid being struck by like, wow, how weird that looks. This is a special event. And I think practically yeah, spaghetti is exactly right. I don't know what style is going to win out. I don't know that they're not going to be stunned by like, Jesus, these, the, these Bruins are fast and big and nasty. We can't hang with this. We've been too busy whipping up on uh, the Detroit Red Rings for 56 games. Now we feel stunned, right? Hey, I mean, I buy what spaghetti well, playing will, down here. I will be thrilled if I don't have to see Victor Hedman, if I get the Hurricanes, uh, I, I will be thrilled because the Lightning uh, have the Bruins number and uh, I'll be pulling hard for the Canes in that series uh, because they, they have not given us a lot of trouble over the years. Um, I might have to change my pick. Yeah, if, uh, if, if, the, if the Canes knock off the Lightning and the Wild emerge from the West, I'll pick the Bruins. I'll pick the Bruins. But if it's if it's the Lightning and the Avs, uh, I I think uh, even with Chucky Bright Lights on the blue line, we're gonna have we're gonna have trouble. 
I think that uh, I've already by dispensed the way, with the capitals, by the way. How good is this? I've already I've already taken care I've, of the capitals in my mind. And then obviously we win game seven against the uh, pens. Now that well, because Ovechkin did the tough work for you, he already ruined the the self esteem of half the dressing room. So you know it should be easy pickings for uh, for Marshawn and company going forward. My only concern um, with uh, the final four, the way it's tracking right now, is for all the great uniforms in the NHL, we're going to get some bad ones. I don't like the Avs. I don't like the Lightning. The Lightning looked bad. They look like they're wearing their practice uniforms, and those practice sweaters were thrown into the washing machine, and somebody accidentally put bleach on them because the blues all faded. I don't like those uniforms. I don't like that's setting up to de detract for me from what otherwise could be a glorious final four. Hench, as long as we, the Miami I don't need your pushback. As long as the Miami <laughs> Heat are prohibited, it's the playoffs now, guys. You you can't wear the Jerry Garcia tie-dye uh, electric Kool-Aid acid test uniforms on the, the trippy court. It's the playoffs. You, we got to uh, wear uh, I, I, I allow those. I see people think I'm a curmudgeon about uniforms, and I am not. They are regionally specific and acceptable now don't don't run out in those if you're in kansas city but they're in miami after all i kind of like the embrace there see please leave the uniform talk to me hench you got a lot of range you got a lot of range you you like penn state's uniforms and you like the wavy gravy timothy leary lsd uniforms that they wear in miami Wow, it's about right. it's, a, it's about the region of Sports America in which those those uniforms are making the appearance. If you haven't heard, there's a lot of sports going on, but you know what? One dream that persists: tie game, bottom of the ninth, bases loaded, and on FanDuel Sportsbook, you get more than one shot to swing for the fences because FanDuel is letting you place your first bet risk free. That's right, new users get up to one thousand dollars back in site credit if your first bet doesn't win, and it only gets better from there. The FanDuel Sportsbook app, of course, wonderful to use, easy payments, uh, so simple to access. Pretty much. Any sport you're looking for with great odds and uh, and great stuff like same game parlays, Eddie Spaghetti. Let's talk a little baseball. You're feeling it right now. Before I say anything else, and before you jump in here, if you are going to bet on FanDuel, help out your pals here, Hench, Spaghetti, and Damashek, and do it FanDuel.com slash minus three. Again, it's the word minus the number three. You're feeling it though, Spaghetti, with uh, with your pinstripes, no hitter, all that kind of stuff. You're rising up the ALE standings. Give us a pick here today, why don't you? Yeah, well, you know, Hench talked about it a little bit before with Carlos Rodon of the Yankees. They're they're facing him, and he's having a really good season. He's 5-1, 1.47 ERA the whole bit. Yankees are traveling from uh, Texas now, so, you know, they, they are coming off the high of the no-hitter. They might be a little tired, so if you don't want to bet the game, that's fine, because you know why. On the 22nd, a guy named Garrett Cole is coming back to pitch, and he's coming off a loss, a strange shorter outing, five innings for him, five runs, only second loss of the season. You know what that means. He's going to come out and dominate. He's going to destroy the Reds, the White Sox. I know the White Sox are a really good team, but you got to ride with Cole. This is like the best we're making all year long with the Buffalo Sabres. You know, root against the Sabres. It's uh, it, ride with Cole. Ride with Garrett Cole every start. The Yankees will win that game after what I predict is a loss to Rodone. So Garrett Cole is going to get them back in the win column. So we'll go with that pick. Okay, that's fine. Two things on behalf of the Pittsburgh Pirates baseball organization. Once again, you're welcome for all the pitchers. And, uh, and two... Um, just make sure you check in with Tony La Russa before 
any position players pitch to his guys. You don't want any more of those headaches coming your way. And uh, last thing is, I'll say it again, fanduel.com slash minus three. Make it so. Speaking of a region, the Northeast region is where we uh, try to keep our focus. And it came up the other day, and Hench, I look forward to your answer on this. Stumbled into the weather forecast. Um, to try and figure out, I, you know, in the age of free agency, it's ridiculous when people assert like for the next decade, that team is set at blank position or whatever. We don't know with even five years is probably a little bit too aggressive, but let's go with it. What Northeast sports town will win the most titles. And it's really, as you start to dig in on this, Hench, I forewarn, it's kind of hard to be more optimistic than setting the total at one and a half for any sports town. And I'm including New York in that, but go ahead. Give me your answer. You know, when, when I saw this on the rundown and by the way, I'm a little caught off guard that we're discussing something that was on the rundown. That's a little weird for me that we're actually doing doing something. Go ahead. The grading production meeting, our (laughs) pre-production meeting is actually applying (laughs) to the broadcast. Okay. Uh, I think this is a pretty easy question because when you ping pong around, you go, well, Brooklyn's part of New York. Right. And and that team could win two in the next uh, 13 months. Then if Corey Kluber is back to Cy Young, Corey Kluber, and they already have Garrett Cole, like the Yankees, uh, uh, you know, are are – better than their the teams that they're basically tied with in the AL East. So right there, you're like, Nets are going to win one or two with these three guys. Yankees, I think, are really well set up uh, this year. Um, and then, as I was just saying, I like the one guy in America who could not get fired is the Rangers general manager. Like, Jesus Christ, that roster is the envy of the NHL. And it's like, sorry, man, time for you to go. <laughs> what, what, are you, what are you talking about? Talk to any other GM. They would trade their roster for this roster, for this young roster. So I feel like, um, I, I, don't think, uh, I don't think we have to worry about the Zach Wilson, Daniel Jones Super Bowl. But in those three other sports... Uh, I like New York. I mean, I hate New York, obviously. I think that goes without saying. But uh, I feel like when you look at the other r- cities, you're not uh, you're not Jalen Hurts. You know, uh, Harper's contract with the Phillies is going to prove once again. Uh, well, by the way, I would real quick on the on the half a billion dollar contracts. Right, Richard Luger was a senator from Indiana. He was a very conservative guy back when that meant something. And he he wrote a paper on the resource curse because what he learned was if you're unlike Jed Clampett shooting at some crude, if you find oil in your country, it's going to decimate your country. You're not going to get rich. Your country is going to be decimated by Exxon Hmm. or Chevron. Not a sponsor, right? It's okay for me to say that. Okay, so so. So then he writes this paper about like the resource curse. You don't want to find oil in Equatorial Guinea. You're going to be, your country's going to be devastated. If you find oil in your country, the people are not going to get rich. The people's fishing business is going to get polluted. Whatever you count on besides oil is going to be destroyed. And then when they're done, 
Exxon and Chevron are just going to pull up stakes and go, hey, we left you with a landfill. Fuck off. This is a little bit how I feel about like Mike Trout and Bryce Harper. It's a curse to have the greatest player in baseball on your roster. It's a curse because when, when you have Mike Trout, you're now presented with pony up the 400 million or watch him play for somebody else. And when you pony up the dough, enjoy your last place angels. And by the way, God forbid he misses six weeks. Like it's a nightmare. It is a nightmare when you have, when you have the best player in baseball, you're fucked. It's the new resource curse. You can learn all about it in Richard Luger's essay to Congress, which by the way, all the other Republicans told him to fuck off. Yeah, we're bought and paid for by, by Chevron and Exxon. You didn't get the memo, Luger? Okay, get lost. God rest his soul. Um, but yeah, so I, I feel like the, the worst thing, I mean, A-Rod kind of proved this too, right? Like, uh, and I know it informed the Mookie Betts decision. Like, you just can't hamstring your roster with the half a billion dollar contract. Carry and on. yet there's always someone who's willing to step up and do it, but there's very little evidence off the top of my head, starting off with Dave Winfield feels like the first really massive one. It's the one that went into seven figures. I think that maybe across the four major sports in the U.S., he was the first one to to go up that high there. Uh, secondly, um, breaking news, Equatorial Guinea is going to the Bundesliga. I did not see that. I thought he was going to go premier Equatorial Guinea, Eddie Spaghetti. Every show we get at least one Den- Dennis Miller level reference from Hench, and it's really what distinguishes this sports cast from any other. Agree? It's a country in Africa. <laughs> what? I, like, I don't it's like a funny reference. It's a good reference. I'm hailing you. You can't God. even accept that. Ovechkin. It's not. Look, it's not like I dropped a Sao Tome and Principe reference. <laughs> It's at least on the mainland. I didn't say Comoros. You're right. I'm, listen, I'm, you're Seychelles. right, and I'm wrong once. A, you're right, and I'm wrong once again. Um, Spaghetti, you went with New York, even if we had to do, because it is kind of unfair to do the math on like New York City because it has double the teams. But even if you go old school, right, well, no, I think I think you got to do. I think you got to break it out. The one thing where the Northeast lags behind the rest of sports America is with college teams. Syracuse might win a basketball national championship, but unless I'm forgetting somebody, who is even who even vies for national relevance among the Northeast college basketball or football teams? Ain't Rutgers. Um, Penn State, I guess, is the is probably the answer to that, but they haven't been actually in the mix for uh, for a national title in quite some time. But if you do that to make it fair, I think you got to go old school New York versus newfangled. Um, Spaghetti's teams, the Knickerbockers, the Rangers, the Giants, the the Yanks. If I did that, and then the new ones, the Nets and the the Islanders and the Metropolitans and the Jets. That makes it fair. But your point still stands. The Yanks and the blue shirts combine unless they get Dolan. And that is a legitimate possibility that uh, he's going to get the twofer. He's going to take the Knickerbockers because they made the playoffs and then that's the highest they'll get. And now his next project, the blue shirts taking them down. Um, it really is hard to make a case though, for any of the the towns we're looking at there. Eddie Spaghetti, before we move on and let Hench you know, go here. Uh, for the sorry, week. sorry, sorry, Sheck. But I, go I, it occurs to me that Pittsburgh 
has the exact same chance to win a World Series as they do to win an <laughs> NBA championship. The, the money line is the same. Sure. Pirates World Series and Pittsburgh TBD NBA World Championship. That's why, by the way, that is maybe the chief piece of evidence for my pushback when anybody's like, you're so biased, anything Pittsburgh, that's whatever benefits Pittsburgh. No, because anybody who's from Pittsburgh would not advocate for Major League Baseball to do away with the wild card, which is the only puncher's chance the Pirates will ever have once every 27 years or so, given the current uh, way things track. Uh, I say, let's go old school. Two pennant winners, best of nine, settle all hash. We don't need this jive with wild card and even division winners. It diminishes uh, the, the, by the integrity of the sport. The nature of the sport doesn't allow for you to throw that many teams into the playoff mix. And see, that proves I'm not biased. Um, all right, Spaghetti, anything else you want to uh, ask your friend Hench here? Well, just to, uh, with the just to stay on this topic with the Northeast teams, like I think last episode, I, and I forgot Brooklyn. I don't know how I, I omitted them, but my tier of teams that I would expect to win next out of the Northeast, all these cities combined, and I may throw the Bruins in there too because I've been I kind of convinced myself with with my the last uh, question we we're talking about. But I would say Bruins, Nets, Sixers, Yankees, Bills, Ravens. Those are the teams I think with the next five years that it would not shock me or almost that I expect them to win at least a title. And I do agree with Hench that you could see the Nets or the Yankees potentially win multiple within those five years. So those are like my upper echelon teams. I'm not going to put the Rangers there yet because I like to see this transition from this offseason uh, into the next. And then I could start to think about them winning the next five years. But I think those teams, if I did my math correctly and went through each roster, that I think could win a title the next five. One thing, by the way, Hench and I, um, that we – continue to to stand although i wavered to be honest but we didn't know if the all three of the big three were going to be available here it appears though going into this celtic series that you are going to have all three of those guys and like we've talked about before this is not the original big three put together at the player level uh in uh in hench's beloved boston there with uh with kg pierce and allen nor is it even what lebron did with bosch and D Wade, this is three of the 25 best scores in NBA history. And it will be completely unorthodox because everything, like you say, Hench, goes chalk. And that's the that's the way uh the the progressive nature of the NBA playoffs. I think we're in store for a really weird couple of months here because everything you assume to be true and all the old man rhetoric about like it starts with defense and all of that kind of stuff is about to go out the window. I mean, it's just going to, I, I think yeah. that the nets are going to light you up and it doesn't matter what you do. Like, yeah, but it points in the paint. Like, I, I, I don't care that the, the, we, we scored 193 again. Like it doesn't matter what you do to us. Right. And if it's kind of like your, other- it's like, it's like when you're Patriots, when it was like, we well, got to run the ball to succeed. You can't not run the ball in pro football and win in the postseason. Like, yeah, I, uh, Tom Brady was like, yeah, we're going to run the ball two times all of January and no one will touch us. I mean, it's, it's it has that vibe. Right. And, and it's not, you know, it's not like the rest of the roster is junk. You know, they, they got, you know, obviously Blake Griffin can play. Joe Harris is going to make shots in the corner. Um, not that that even matters, but if you wanted a puncher's chance, you would be like, well, because they have nine stiffs. It's like, no, they don't. Uh, yeah. So, so that's definitely my pick. Now, before I leave you guys, no pressure. Don't get nervous. Okay. I'm going to do a quiz. Okay, because I think you guys both are smarter than you give yourselves credit for. Okay, 
So just yell the answer. There's little, no buzzer. You don't have to. A little buzz. backhanded, just, isn't it? Just yell the answer. Well, you, you don't know exactly how yourself. dumb I think. <laughs> no, I'm saying you're not as dumb as you think you are. That's Thanks. a compliment. Okay, ready? <laughs> not okay, exactly ready? a compliment. Are it's you like... guys? All right, you ready? Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. On on what geographic line of demarcation? Equatorial does, New Guinea. Or not does New Guinea. Equatorial, Guinea. Does Equatorial <laughs> Guinea lie on? You need the line. You need the line of demarcation, not the country. Wrong check. Spaghetti go. Oh man, I'm gonna go with the is it the the prime meridian. I'm joking. It's, it's, it's the equator. I see the equator. I was messing. Yes. Oh, okay. Thank all right. All right. All right. I didn't. You're so deadpan. Thank you. <laughs> I thought the uh, prime meridian's pretty good if you were doing a bit. All right. Trop. Yeah. Somewhere well in between the Tropic of Capricorn and the Tropic of Cancer. Listen, most human beings listening to us right now wouldn't be able to distinguish between latitude and longitude. And you're you're going uh, high math with us here. The uh, the great thing about Equatorial Guinea is thanks to Chevron and Exxon. I mean, you can get a timeshare there now for a song. I mean, it for two Doge. <laughs> For for one Ethereum, <laughs> half a Bitcoin, you can own a, a palace in Equatorial Guinea. All right, fellas. There he goes, the great Kevin Hench. Another tour de force from him. We'll look forward to kibitzing with him next week. And by the way, before we go another step here, I mentioned it earlier, but I'll say it again. Go back and listen to what was another banner when I got to say Eddie Spaghetti. Uh, Spaghetti and Meatballs, East Division, Puck Talk, postseason style. About to begin here, but another tremendous, not just this episode, but another tremendous week of podcasts here on Minus 3. Combined with what uh, me and Sal did, I'm very proud of our work this week. Oh, I'm always proud of it, but it was, yeah, it was a, it's a great week. I mean, Nick coming on, having another New Yorker felt awesome. Uh, he, you know, he was born to really to 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 podcast, to be in the mic, to do radio, whatever he does. And I'm I'm glad that we had him on. Hopefully, get him in the future soon. Talk. Some we'll get him on here. again too, because I yeah. can't listen. I want. I, we need at least monthly updates from him during the pro football season, because his like that that somehow. I entered some uh, multiverse in which I had two New York pro football fans where the two teams up there in New York, not even in the state of New York, but anyway, everybody gets that, that those two teams are bum teams. Maybe the future is brighter, but they're two bum teams. And I have to listen to you and Nick Costas disparage the prospects of the 2021 Steelers was I felt like I was in bizarro think, world, think it's your being approach. laughed at being laughed at for saying that the Steelers in a 17 game season might win nine games I and think being it's your treated approach. as though that's insane and biased yes. is, is yes yes because of the, it's, it's the approach because I don't me know and that Nick, my approach I'm, I'm going to explain me and Nick okay. didn't we're not we're, we're not saying here we're not standing on the table saying the look the Giants they're sneaky you know Super Bowl contender playoff contender we have been pretty of course not you'd be insane I'd laugh I'd laugh at you if you said that right it doesn't but, work the same way it does because you're because you're, you're kind of saying like you're laughing off the the Ravens. You're like, look, they're gonna the Steelers are gonna win this amount. Like you kind of the way you phrase it makes it seem like you expect very very high things of this Steelers team. Which again, you're you're probably gonna get mad at this if you if you're gonna compare the team that me and Nick root for, which is the Giants versus the Steelers. 
I think one tr- is turning upwards with an up arrow, and I think one is turning downwards with a down arrow. I think that's fair to say. And that's kind of where we're coming from. That you're in a tough division. By the way, if Joe Burrow is healthy and he is playing, which is the reports are, they have a pretty good receiving core. That, like, it's not a fun division. I think that the NFC East has some big question marks. Uh, you know, the, the, the Washington's going to trade away Morgan Moses, who is that's going to be a monumental Pete. Like, to lose him, are you like, that's awful. Your offensive line, you need him. Fitzpatrick, <laughs> Fitzpatrick, you know, he's going to, he's going to have games where he throws four picks, but people don't talk about that because he has his one moment on national TV where everyone loves him. Like, oh, he went to Harvard, this, that, and the other thing. Whatever. I'm not trying to put talk about the NFC. The point is, one hour trending up, one's going down. You kind of phrase it as like, you're insane to think the Baltimore Ravens are better than the Steelers, where it's like, and you have I didn't the, make the Browns it that way. I said it was a bold. Team. I said it was a bold prediction that the Steelers will fit. I couched it as such. I said, everybody assumes that, and I disagree with it. I didn't say, oh, come on, the Ravens are laughable. I didn't couch it in those terms now two things i I commend you inspired by your friend hench there you just came up with a new word you kind of talked your way into it yeah monstrumental i I want to go monster loss and instrumental yeah well (laughs) monstrumental uh, is good and one and two that you say it's not it's it's fair to say that the giant's arrow is pointed up and the steelers is pointed down is classic off-season optimism that's what I talk about all the time is that the offseason allows for everybody to feel real good about where their team's headed. I do not think on December, on Christmas Day, if you sat round the, the table with your with your uh, Giants faithful, would you say, hey, arrows pointed up, right, everybody? And everybody would be like, oh, yeah, things are going great in New York for, for the gents here. I mean, I, it's I, fair I, to I think say. I, it's one hundred percent the correct term to use. Like there, if like like Nick said in the show, and what I do agree with him with, if Daniel Jones is, you know, what do, the flash that he has shown, if he can commit to that and he plays good football, average football or above average football. The rest of the roster is a young, talented roster, which would mean they're trending upwards. Oh, by the way, they have the Chicago Bears pick, which if they don't play Justin Fields or if they do play Justin Fields and he struggles, and that's a top 10 pick, that also includes them trending upwards because they have two first-round picks now. So, and if the Giants are bad too, that means they have potentially two top 10 picks, but I don't see that happening. So, again, yes, what I'm saying is correct. The Giants are in a they're in a division that nobody seems to be the clear-cut like head and favorite, and the Steelers are in a tougher division. So, yes, I think— I Okay, that's fair. Now that's put it in that context. That's fair. The one thing that is a little overly optimistic in my book is going into year four. Like I don't, I don't, not sure yet what Danny Dimes is. I think we know what Danny Dimes is. That's that's our major point of disagreement. He'll he'll put he'll look better than Ben Roethlisberger this year. So I'll say that. Ah, uh, what a stink. Whatever. That, that, uh, that's enough. You know what? His, mo- his mobility I, alone is going to, and having Saquon back, I think changed a lot. And having an actual down number one receiver plus a new gadget playmaker guy in Tony, I think it's going to be world's difference. If Jason Garrett doesn't, and they give more, you know, freedom to Freddie Kitchens, who, yes, I know it didn't really work out in Cleveland, but is a good play caller. If he, if he has more freedom, I, I'm, I feel pretty good about it. I feel pretty good about Daniel Jones just because he could move the ball. He's a smart guy. He's been working out with the team already for months already. So I, I'm he not saying he's not so Mahomes. He's, guy. he's not Mahomes, but he's a guy that can get the job done. We've seen in his rookie year really, really good flashes. You don't play like that at, at multiple points, and then that never comes back. Like he, um, you yes, didn't. Uh, you, no, no. Just to be clear, you said, and now that's the one we have to track. Daniel Jones. Greater than Ben Roethlisberger in 2021. I that think he'll be better. I think of a I think of an overall better season. Yeah. 
All right. I mean, I we're we're both grown-ups and we both are fluid enough in our definitions of better season that we can be honest with ourselves and each other and assess that as this thing unfolds. We have a ways to go before it even starts, but it I am willing to take that bet and I don't think it's sure. a crazy one that you're floating there. If you were talking about, I don't know what QB, maybe Ryan Tannehill, you're talking about Danny Dimes is going to have a better year than 39-year-old Roethlisberger. I continue to say that I'll stand by it, that I don't think he's a world beater at this point, but he's better than Daniel Dimes. And uh, as, that as current age, he's not. No, he's not. Okay. Well, I mean, listen, again, that's you're applying some sort of optimism to what Daniel Dimes is about to become, but but we haven't seen it yet. All right, listen, enough pro football talk. We have months and months to evaluate that. Let's talk about the matter at hand, the most electric thing going right now, specifically in the best division going in all the sports, the Mass Mutual East Division. It's time for a playoff edition of Spaghetti and Meatballs. <laughs> And we're back, Spaghetti Meatballs' first ever playoff edition, right? This is the first time we're doing this when the playoffs are actually kicked off. And, you know, we have to start with the biggest news, obviously, is the Rangers hiring Mike Greer, uh, hockey operations advisor. You know, he goes way back to be with Chris Jury. Uh, no, I'm kidding. Um, that, well, we're, we're in playoff mode now. We got Bruins caps, wild finish, Isles pens, and Meatballs, you're in the very nice, clean, white Islanders jersey. Uh, you want us to guess uh, on who's the back? Yeah, before we start, can you guys guess who's on the back? I'll give you one hint. He wore a turtleneck. Oh, that's a, that's really interesting. So, wait, Meatball showed up on minus three that is hosted by Dave Damashek, and he saw fit to wear a New York Islanders. This is a fun game to play. Here's my guess. And Dave is gone. Uh, I'm I wore a turtleneck. I can't. Who? Uh, I'm. Is it? Is it Sicoli in the back? That's who it is, no. right? It's you. It's a personalized. It's a custom jersey. No, no it's not. Who is it? Alexi Ashen. Oh wow. King From uh, from Ottawa. I remember. I remember the days uh, of the, the Ashen days, and uh, and who else? It was Miro Shatan too, right? Those yes. were the two guys. Everyone had those. Yeah. Trent yep. Hunter. Yep. 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 Everyone had those uh, those Isles jerseys. That, that one, it's underrated. It's an underrated uh, white. You know, it's a clean jersey. I, I like the logo. I'm not as harsh on the Island jerseys as everyone else is, but uh, like I was uh, kind of joking about, it is playoff time here. We'll start quickly. We won't do the, the three stars. You know, there's only two really series we're going to care about here. We'll go into last night's game, and boy, what a wild finish. Obviously, Hench talked about it throughout this last podcast. Uh, you know, scoring the Jack Edwards call, scoring like in the fashion they did, double overtime, you, the, the blood's pumping, you're constantly standing watching that game. It must be real exciting for those who have teams in the dance. Uh, I do not. But we did talk about something during the pod about which team of the East do you think would fare the best against, you know, maybe the likes of a Lightning team or the Avalanche or the the, the Knights. We all kind of sided with Boston just, you know, because they're a complete team, well coached. They've been there, done that, especially to Garras. They have guys who are heart moral winners or, you know, in the candidacy for that, a good young defense. They score, could score points, yada, yada, yada. Do you agree with that? Now, try to look at this not with your Islanders glasses, but this is just our take. And uh, if you want to give other thoughts too about the series, where do you think it's going to end up? I will give you the floor. Yeah. So I know this is a kind of broad answer, but I think every team in the, the East matches up with any other team in the NHL. 
So you're not like, you're not somebody who's like, oh wow, the, the Avalanche are far and away better than every team, or the Vegas is far and no. away. But, okay. No, I, I think when you watch the East, I, I've seen the East teams play the most, and now that I'm seeing these other teams a little bit more, you know, I'm getting more of a feel for them. But I, I think these other teams have to match up with how the East teams play, rather than the East teams have to match up with how. The other that was exactly the point I made too. Was we've never seen the East match up against you know the West or yeah. the Canada Division or or we don't know how play is going to be like when these two teams match up. So if you had to pick one that you would feel the most confident in betting on a fan of the com slash minus three to win the cup first, let's just throw out the Avalanche because they seem to be probably the most dynamic and scary right now. Who would that team be? I have to go to the Islanders. Really? But I know. I know. Obviously, I'm an obvious fan or whatnot, but I, oh, I, I, really? picked them, I I picked them to win and everything, and I can't back away now. I think the sure. Islanders, they've you know it's been two or three years now where they've been in this the playoffs, they're experienced and nothing really phases them. They, you know, they give up a goal, they're down two nothing, whatever. And you, if you look at the bench, like when the camera pans to the bench, there's really no change in expression on their face. It's like, all right, you know, we're just gonna. We're gonna do what we have to do. We're gonna get back in the game. No, yeah, like so, we're a team down. They are physical. No, I, it's not. I I'm, I make fun of you, but I, I understand where you're coming from. And I, I want to get to the honest second. Let's wrap up quickly with the Bruins. Caps. Bruins now up two one. They won in that fashion. You have Ovi yelling at his teammates. Is this is this it now for the Caps? Do you think they have a shot? Or do you think the Bruins pretty much have this in a stranglehold going forward? Uh, I don't. I, I don't think it's. I don't think it's over yet. I, okay. I do. You know. Honestly, if that, that little miscommunication didn't happen at the end of the game yesterday for them, I felt like that was going another overtime. I mean, I know mm-hmm. there were there were chances here and there. I just I just felt like the way the game was going, it was gonna it was just gonna keep going. I, I remember saying to my brother, I was like, this could go into four or five overtimes at this point. Like I don't I don't know, I don't see anyone really scoring right now. But um no, I think the caps are still our caps are still in it. I don't it's not it's I don't think it's over yet. Hmm. Okay. All right. Well, that was just the appetizer because that was a, an electric game to see that finish the way it did last night. But I am now going to give you the floor once again. It is your your series here. It's tied 1-1. I need to know how you're feeling. I need to know what you want to see better out of the Islanders. I want to see what you think the Islanders are doing great and uh, just kind of your thoughts right now midway through this uh, this series. Well, I'm not. I'm not nervous. I'm pretty comfortable with where we are. You, know, you have been. You have been pretty like even keel throughout. I don't. I don't get too high or too low on uh, with my pro sports teams, except the Cowboys a little bit. But um, yeah. So I, I'm not. I'm not too worried. I, I think uh, you know, game two overall it was a it was a solid game. Uh, Varlamov he just let up the one really soft goal where he kind of just he just missed it. Where you know he he saves that ten out of ten times normally. So if he saves if he saves that, it's a one one game. It's a whole you know it probably goes into overtime. You don't know what happens then. So you know I, I think we need to get the first line going, which it's tough because you have Komarov playing with Barzal and Everly, but Komarov necessarily hasn't been bad to take him out of the lineup. Like I know he gets a ton of shit for you know, being Leo Komarov and playing first line minutes, but I can't tell if you like him or not. <laughs> I actually, we, we've all given him shit, but he's not, he has not been bad this series. He has not, he's been fine. He just doesn't mesh with Barzell and mm-hmm. Everly like Barzell, Everly, they're fast playmakers, goal scorers. And Lee was a good compliment to that because he just got, he got the rebounds and he was a guy in front of the net. Komarov, he'll, he'll do the dirty work and he'll play hard defense, but 
he just doesn't match the speed that they have and that that shot, you know, that you know, Everly Lee necessarily have or the rebound. So I, I don't know what they I think they just probably keep it the same for now. I don't think they'll change it at this point. I don't see a reason to change it at this point. I just think that that first line definitely needs more space. Maybe give Beauvillier a couple shifts at the top, give Peugeot a couple shifts at the top here and there, give um give Palmieri a couple shifts here and there because the Penguins have had no, no answer for that third line. I know it's probably their, their second and third pairing defenseman playing against that third line, but that, that third line has been fly, firing on all cylinders. Peugeot is back to playoff. Peugeot is just a different animal in the playoffs. And Palmieri, if he can score, start scoring, you know, he, he scored two the other day. And if he can be more consistent with it, that's what you got. That's what you spent a first round pick for. So does does the potential return? It seems the way at the time of us recording, where uh, it's Thursday, it's around two o'clock Pacific time. It seems like Evgeny Malkin is going to make his return. He was already skating with the the top lines in Pittsburgh. It seems like he's going to be with Pittsburgh, not in Pittsburgh. Game is game three is in uh, New York. Do you, is the, does that change anything for you? The return of Gino is he going to be you know a stud Gino that we're used to, or is he now older, injured, maybe a detriment? Evgeny Malkin, what do you see from uh, from him? Does that scare you at all? I don't think it's a detriment for Pittsburgh, but I don't, it doesn't necessarily scare me. Um, you know, him and Crosby are going to be uh, more. I mean, it's more Crosby who's you know flying all over the ice and he's causing problems. But I think the Islands have done a pretty good job on him. I know he scored the one goal the other day, but Andy Green was in the best position he could be. He just had a that deflection was something else. So there's nothing you could do there. Like I said at the beginning of the series. The one guy that I really think they need to, to watch is Latang still, who he's kind of the, the scariest guy to me uh, watching them play. So, listen, as long as they keep doing what they're doing, I don't think it's going to change. I don't think we'll phase them. And, you know, just, just get, you got to lock down and just keep playing, play, play physical like you've been doing. And hopefully you make Malkin and, and Crosby feel it. So by the time game four and game five come around, they're, they, you know, maybe they're banged up a little bit more. And we can round it out with this. So the next two games are going to be uh, home games for your Isles. Do you see two wins, two straight wins in uh, in New York, or do you do you see them split? What is your your feel the next two on home ice? I think a lot of the other guys are excited to play in the Coliseum okay. now because we just got a, another uh, upgrade with capacity. I have a few friends going to the game, so if you if they think Pittsburgh was loud there and they enjoyed the crowd playing there, it's going to be a whole different environment, even with 50% capacity at the Coliseum. That place is, have you ever been to the Coliseum? I, Islanders ha- game? I have not been, I've not attended an Islanders game inside the Coliseum. I've been to the, the outside. I've, I've seen it. It's, it's disgusting. Um, <laughs> uh, but no, I have not been inside for that. It is the loudest place you will ever be during okay. an Islanders game. And when I say that, it's, there's no joke. I, I've been to plenty of games, there is no place louder than that. So even at 50% capacity, the Islanders will be fired up. They'll be ready to go. And it's going to be, it's going to be tough. I, I think Ovechkin even said a year or two ago, the Coliseum is the hardest place to play. Hmm. And there are fans there because of how loud it is. You can't even hear yourself think, you know, so it's, it's true home ice advantage for them. And they've been good at home this year. All right. So by the next time minus three records, the first episode of the week, you're, you're predicting right now that you guys will be up three games to one versus the, the Pittsburgh Penguins. I hope so. You hope so. Uh, I don't know. No, I, I, I like it. I'm not, I'm not, you know, I'm not, not confident in it. 
I think they're ready to go. And I'll say this is my closing comments, and it's not that I'm some Islanders fan, uh, and you know, just you know, being buddy buddy with you. But I am I am kind of sick of the the Pittsburgh Penguin talk and Pittsburgh talk in general on the podcast. So I may be pulling for you guys. So I'll, I'll end my comments with that. No one likes Pittsburgh. And also, actually, if you want to give a, a quick quick pick, I do like um, Barzal over half a point tonight, or Bobillier okay. over half a point tonight. I oh, think oh. it's probably around. It's between probably minus 130 and plus 110 for either of those guys. I think one of them gets on the board for tonight. And with that, we're on to game three and beyond. Mikey Meatballs, I respect your bunch. They've tried hard, but it's over. Let's move on. Speaking of moving on, we'll be back after the sports weekend to break it all down for you and to set you up for the following weekend, a hot sports talk until then. For Mikey Meeple, for Eddie Spaghetti, and of course for Kevin Hench. Thanks so much, sports fans. It's been a thin slice of heaven. <laughs>